Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We want to talk about things that are valuable to you and interesting to you and important to you, and especially during this time of COVID and all the things that we've been dealing with, stuff that is really practical to help you minister during this particular season. One of the things that is always a concern is volunteers, finding them, equipping them, working with them. And part of that is once you find them, keeping them. And so when I think about volunteers, I think about leadership, I think about friendship, I think about hospitality. And when I think about someone who has the gift of those things, I think about Jeff Land. And so Jeff Land is joining us today from Sugar Creek down in Houston. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm great, Chuck. Thanks for having me. I say I say Houston. You're Houston kind of metro, right? Yeah, we're in the Houston area. Sugarland's about as close as you can get to Houston. Yeah. Which Houston, I hear Houston's one of those towns where it's like it takes an hour to get to Houston from Houston. It does. Uh, <laughs> we, in Houston, you're an hour from everything, That's regardless crazy. of how close you are. And I, I thought, I mean, you know, you lived in Nashville for many years. Mm-hmm. Nashville was getting really bad. But mm-hmm. compared to where you are, it sounds like we've got nothing to complain about. No, uh, as long as you have some money, you're okay because you can hit the toll roads. But otherwise, yeah, you've got traffic for sure. Uh, and you don't want to have to wait in line for the toll booths. You need to have like, do you have the e-pass thing? Oh, yeah. You have to have a toll tag. That's the way <laughs> to go. have a toll tag. Yeah. We lived in Florida for a few years and we learned that that sun pass was the key to everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. Um, so, you, like everyone else, you have been in a place where you've not been meeting uh, as right. a church. Is that right? So that's correct. Tell us quickly what your, um, what the state of the union is down in your area and at your church. What have things looked like since, I don't know, March and uh, right. where are you at today? Yeah. So we've, we've really struggled in the Houston area We're we're a hot spot for coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And so we have definitely been working really difficult, really hard to get, uh, are people safe and trying to make good decisions? So I'm sure like a lot of churches, we've done a ton of planning, which we replanned and then planned again and then planned some more. And uh, we opened our church for a little bit in June. And then we had to shut down again because our counties did a shutdown on everything. And so uh, right now, we're hoping to get back again in sometime in September, and we're excited because in June, we didn't get to have kids ministry, and but we're going to start back with kids ministry, and we're super excited because we're launching our third campus, so on the day that we reopen, we'll also be the first day for one of our, our new campuses that we've just built. So. Wow, that's great. That's great. So in terms of gathering together, are you mm-hmm. expecting uh, numbers to be a little bit lower at the beginning? What's your anticipation? Absolutely. Yeah. So but for, uh, for us, our schools are still meeting online. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a few schools that are not, that are doing some in-person things, but definitely more towards the online uh, through September, maybe into October at least. And so I think there's a lot of parents who are taking their lead from what the school systems are doing. And so they're planning on doing that. Some early indications from some surveys we've done from our churches show about 40% of our families are ready to come back. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like that sounds about right for what we're hearing from all over is, and it makes sense, right? That people will 
maybe ease in rather than dive into <laughs> you know, it's Yeah. I've seen some of those memes where they're like, are you ready to go back to school? And it's this funny face. And then are you ready to keep your kids at home? And it's the same funny face. <laughs> and I think that that's the way parents are. They're like, why don't we let that family go to church for a few weeks and see how it goes? And then yeah, we might right. get back into it. So We'll follow you. You go first. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. Well, what, so since we haven't been meeting in with, you know, the particular uh, concerns about the nature of COVID and the way it affects um, older people mm-hmm. um, and people who may have other medical conditions um, are at high risk, for a lot of us, that looks like uh, a cross section of a lot of our volunteers. I know at my church, a lot of our volunteers are older and mm-hmm. are probably more at risk. So uh, what are you seeing in terms of the impact on volunteers uh, in your area, but also just kind of as a general observation? Uh, everything that I've seen is, is honestly, Chuck, it's a little scary. Yeah. Um, our volunteers have definitely been impacted by this. And so we have... We've probably lost about half of our volunteer base in our preschool area. Our elementary area seems to be doing a little bit better. Um, But I think that that's across the board as well, because when you think about teaching preschoolers, they're very handsy Um, and they're, you know, they're not going to be able to control their germs as well as the elementary kids. So I think it actually makes sense that that would be an area where our our volunteers are, are just a little, they're a little bit more nervous to come back. And so... Uh, that's, uh, it's understandable, but at the same time, I think that God's gonna bless our efforts to come back and we're gonna have enough, we're gonna have enough volunteers. The numbers are gonna be low. And what I've just encouraged my team is that we're gonna try not to fret about the numbers, but we're just gonna be thankful for the kids that are here. And we're gonna continue serving the kids that are not. Uh, we've been very, I made lots of conscientious efforts over this time to reach out to all the kids um, and try to make sure that they know that we still love them, that we're still here, and we're still offering our ministry to them. Yeah, great. Well, I think a lot of leaders have have made efforts to try to stay in touch with kids and families and get tabs. Like you were, we were talking before the podcast, before we started recording about how you're surveying families to see who may be ready, uh, give them input on when to start again. I know you're getting close. Um, Maybe not all of us, though, have been keeping tabs on our volunteer base equally as well. Maybe, but how can you coach us as a guy who's a strong leader of volunteers? Mm -hmm. If if I'm a church leader and we're getting ready to come back in two weeks or three weeks or four weeks, what do I need to be doing right now to check in on my volunteers to make sure that when kids show up, I actually have adult leaders there? Right. Well, so initially what we did was we did a survey to our volunteers just to find out how they were feeling about coming back. And, you know, and we gave them the opportunity to express their their concerns, their information. A lot of them, they are school teachers and they're doctors and lawyers, and they had some really great points that they brought out. So we just wanted to honor them and thinking about that. Our uh, elementary minister here at our Sugarland campus is great at communicating with her volunteers. And so I worked with her and asked her, you know, let's develop a plan that we can roll out to all of our, our ministry leaders, all of our, our paid staff members to create a communication plan to where we're reaching out to those volunteers. Our efforts, I think in the beginning, were really towards making sure families were staying connected and working on families. But 
for us who are in children's ministry, a lot of times we are that ministerial connection to our volunteers. You know, they're not in an adult Sunday school class or small group. And so we really are that connection for them. And so if they aren't contacted, you know, they're, they're going to feel lost. So what we're, we have a plan that um, every two weeks we do something different. But oh, one week we might send an email out to all of our volunteers and uh, our email that one of our, our, our middle, our preschool ministers sent out. I really loved it because it just was telling her about, you know, she's moved her mom in because of Corona concerns and she and her husband bought a camper. And, you know, this is what's going on in my life. And here's a picture of what we're doing. Will you send me a picture of what you're doing? And it was just a real personable way to connect with the volunteers. And then uh, after that, so you have two weeks to do that. And so all of, we have a Spanish ministry and we have uh, all uh, age group ministries at each of our campuses and all of those have a, a staff member that's in charge of that. So I asked that whole team to be sure to reach out to those leaders through uh, email in a two week period. And then the next two weeks, they send them all an individual text. Mm. And so, and this is not, you know, it sounds like, you know, we're just sending out text or emails and stuff, but you have to remember we're contacting about 650 volunteers. Yeah, that's a large and so yeah. It's a big thing, but we're trying to keep that personal connection. And then we encourage them to have Zoom meetings every mm. month or so where they're just having little contact meetings. This is what we're doing. This is sort of a plan just to keep them updated as to what our plans are. Hmm. Okay, I know you said the word personal connection or the words, and I know that that's something that's part of your heart for ministry. Mm -hmm. And even at a really big church like where you are, you are going the extra mile to not just send out a mass email uh, newsletter right. to everybody, mm -hmm. but making mm -hmm. the effort to make it a personal contact. How, why do you think that's so important? Because especially in these times, people are so isolated. Mm. that they're not having that personal contact with even their neighbors. And so if we can do our part, we just never know. We have we have volunteers who are, are widows and who are single people who may be working from home or maybe have lost their jobs. And they might just be feeling like, does anybody even care about me anymore? Does anybody even recognize that I'm still here? Mm. And so that personal connection, we've had some great ministry opportunities through doing this, doing that, because People aren't going to respond. You know, if, if you send out a blanket email or something and say, I really want to know how you're doing, people are going to respond to that. But if you mm. send out those personal connections, they'll send you a text back and say, hey, you know what? I really could use your prayer right now. Yeah. And that makes such a big difference in in how we lead people. But even in the, the culture that you create within your ministry, you want right. that. To, you want your leaders to have those kind of personal connections with kids and families. And so for us to model that. It's just mm -hmm. a great way to lead. So kudos on that. Well done. And good good advice for everybody. So par part of where we're at is, you know, you mentioned you've lost some volunteers. I think we all have. Mm -hmm. How do you go about finding replacements during this season, Jeff? How do you how do you do that when you're not seeing people every week and interacting with people? Yeah. So we're we're actually uh, we've we've introduced a series throughout the coronavirus called a beautiful day series, and it's sort of my take on Mister Rogers. Uh, anyway, it actually started with us and a volunteer recruitment thing, and so we actually have the the Mister Rogers jingle, but it's written to "Won't you be my volunteer?" And so we're and there actually is kind of a viral video that you have that's yeah. out there that a lot of people yeah. may have seen. Is there a place that we can see that video? 
Sure. Yeah. If you go to our, uh, if you go to find Sugar Creek Baptist Church and look for the kids children's channel, we have a channel there and it has all of our videos on it. Awesome. Awesome. We'll yeah. see if Trey can uh, include a link in the show notes about that too. So, okay, go ahead. Sure. But anyway, so we're doing that. And so our theme this year for connecting families and connect, well, not for recruiting, it has to be done digitally. And so we're going to roll that out. And because, like I said, we have multiple campuses, we're going to roll it out specifically to the people in those campuses and try to connect to them digitally for recruiting. But then we're also just really looking at who is ready to come back to church. Mm -hmm. And as we look at that list, because we have lists of who will be coming back, then we know those are probably our prime targets for people who might be willing to step into these roles. And so part of this is just going to be kind of looking at 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 people's temperatures, not really do they have a fever, <laughs> but just their their warmness to coming back to church, because then that's going to really show us our base, asking people who are far from it, who have a lot of risk factors and stuff. And, and man, I really totally understand if you have risk factors, if you're nervous about it, yeah, we, we're going to still offer our ministry online. So, so we're not going to guilt anybody into coming back yes. and, and serving. But if we have people who are ready to get that personal interaction and get back together, then that's who we're going to recruit. Have you adjusted your your expectations or your uh, or the qualifications you look for for this season? That is it any different than how you would normally uh, kind of qualify someone or identify someone? No, not really. I, I I get what you're asking, but for us, we do have some church policies and our safety precautions and all that that we have to go through all of that. One of the things that we are doing initially is that we're not going to roll out everything. And so we're going to start with just our one hour model. We use Bible studies for life. And so we're going to use that uh, worship model that they have, the worship curriculum. And we're going to start with just doing a worship hour. Yeah. And uh, so parents, they'll be there for an hour. We'll have a chance to sanitize and then we'll have another hour of kids coming in. And so we're going to use our curriculum, but only initially have kids on the campus for an hour as opposed to the two hours. Yeah. So as you bring on, and it does sound like you might have some new roles, like there's opportunities to be a sanitizer, I would, I would guess. We do that. We jobs. did talk about that. We have, uh, you know, our whole check-in process has to change. We don't want fingers all over our yeah. iPads and stuff. We don't want to, you know, we're going to take temperatures. Um, we need check-in volunteers. We need sanitizers. So yeah. yeah, there's definitely some new roles. So, okay. So as you, uh, let's talk about two, two distinct areas of, of how we might volunteer or honor our volunteers. Let's talk, let's talk about equipping and then encouraging. So sure. talk to me about how through this season and coming back into a new time of meeting, how are you equipping your volunteers and what advice would you give to other leaders about, about how they maybe should be equipping their leaders? Mm -hmm. Well, what we honestly, what I really think we, we really want to encourage them, show them some pride in, in what they're doing and that kind of thing. So we've tried to keep contact with them, like I said earlier, but we did offer some Zoom trainings, uh, during the, during the coronavirus. Honestly, when we thought it was going to be a little bit shorter than, than what it's turned out to yeah. be, that's when we yeah. were doing, that's when we were starting doing that. But before we go back, we are going to have a time just to get our volunteers together, the ones who can, and come together. We're going to give them a new T-shirt. We do a new Creek Kids shirt every year and give them the new shirt so everybody's ready on that first day of church. 
and do some just what we have to do is really we're going to train them on our uh, policies and procedures as they relate to corona. Yeah. You know, a lot of churches will have a wellness policy of mm-hmm. some sort, and it's sort of a, you know, it's it's almost a wellness suggestion uh, versus a wellness policy. But during this time, we're going to have to be very careful about that. So if kids come mm-hmm. with cold or flu symptoms, we really are going to have to call their parents and ask them to, you know, come and pick up their children. Whereas in the past, we might have just mentioned it on the way out, you know, yeah. you know a little, little, little booger nose. So, um <laughs> You want to you want to check on that. And so teaching them about that, teaching them about social distancing and how we're how are we supposed to do ministry with social distancing? How are we keeping the classes smaller? And uh, one of the things that we're doing a little differently uh, for the first until maybe Christmas is what we've sort of anticipated is we're not going to assign any of our kids to a particular classroom. In order to keep classrooms as small as possible, the sizes as possible, our system will just assign the kids to go to different classes every week. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be different for the kids. And I understand it's not best practice. Kids need to recognize the same face, all that. But right now, our best practice is keeping kids healthy and safe. Yes. Yeah, it's a unique season for sure. Mm-hmm. It um, is. But, but certainly preparing those folks who will step in, some of them as new leaders, Mm-hmm. Um, for what to expect and what's expected of them is really crucial. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It is. And so, and the and our goal is that they're going to do all of this new stuff that we have to do and still teach a great Bible lesson. Yeah. Um, we, we want them to, if they're coming back to church, my goodness, they so need to be back at church. And we want them to be able to um, hear a great story from a great word from God. Kids need that. I think we all need that. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Well, so let's talk about encouragement. So mm-hmm. we, if they're equipped on the front end, they know what to expect. That's going to help set them up for, mm-hmm. for success. Mm-hmm. But we know that in order to maintain and sustain and retain uh, good volunteers, they need to know that they're appreciated and cared for. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you do that? And what are some, if there's any new ways in this new world that we're in that you would recommend, what, what do you have to say to us about uh, this idea of how do we encourage our volunteers? You know, I, I still think that handwritten notes and letters are some of the most powerful tools that we can use. And so for me, I don't get to, I try to, I keep a little uh, appointment on my calendar every Thursday morning that says send three notes. What a great and idea. I, a great idea. I will, I email my staff and I say, who are some of our volunteers that need a little encouragement? And they'll send me, send it back and might send me the reason why they need encouragement. And so I just write them a note from me mm. um, saying that. And then I, I'm very, I have, I have help doing this, but I personally write birthday notes to every one of our volunteers. And so just things like that, where they see that you're encouraging. And I've seen that just really means a lot to people because I'm not able to connect to all of our volunteers on every campus, every Sunday. I can't be in three places at once. And so just trying to let them see that I'm still here and still care about them. And uh, those those types of things. We also give gifts. I think gifts are great. And so we, like I said, we're going, we give them all a t-shirt that makes them feel a part of a team when they all look Mm -hmm. the same. And then uh, we give them, we have, we, we have uh, face masks that have our Creek kids logo on them that we're going to be able to give out. And 
those types of things that will encourage them to be together and feel together. And we give them lots of food as often as possible. So, you know, just thinking of, I like little creative ways, you know, give them a payday or, you know, candy bar or something. I I don't like to spend a lot of money on junk type stuff, but food is expendable and you can eat it. And then that's a really good way to eat it. Right, right. Right. And okay, you mentioned creative ideas. I know that's something that mm-hmm. is one of your, I don't know, a specialty of yours. You've written several mm-hmm. blog posts and things for Lifeway or for the Kids Ministry 101 uh, blog of, about creative ways to recognize and thank your volunteers. Mm-hmm. Share some of your favorites. What are some of your favorite creative things? Well, for this past Christmas, I really love what we did. We had a Creek Kids mug made. And we set up a hot chocolate bar. And so they got their mug and then they were able to fill it with hot chocolate and do that. So that was just a fun thing to do. Uh, Right now, you know, you can talk about pure clean hands and clean hearts and give them all a little bottle of Purell. And so (laughs) so you want to I like to I like to relate it to a Bible verse or, or some some way. And so just, you know, thinking about ways right now that are just important or would be like those Purell bottles or, or the cleaning spray or, or maybe some tissues or, 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 or Clorox wipes and, and those types of things would be just a great little gift with a reminder of how much people mean to you. So, okay. Th- wonderful ideas. I love it. I love them all. Uh, super creative. And I think that you, you said they don't have to be expensive. And I think that's a good thing to note is no. you don't have to break the bank to do this really personal, meaningful things go a long way. Mm-hmm. Share with us, Jeff, if um, for for those of us maybe who have been serving as leaders for mm-hmm. a long time, take us for a moment back into the, the mentality or the mind of the volunteer. What, what do leaders need to know that their volunteers are thinking right now? And how might we address that? I think that a lot of volunteers right now are wondering if they really matter, if mm. they are, if they're an important part of the process. And I think that just encouraging them to, encouraging our leaders that they are valued and that they are important. I think a lot of them also need to be recognized as they're tired. They're doing a really hard job. If you are, if, if, if you know our volunteer is a parent right now, their job is extremely difficult. Uh, just trying to understand virtual school, trying to understand, trying to figure out how virtual school and work work together, being the IT person for their household. That is just very difficult. Hmm. But then also remembering that we have a lot of volunteers who don't have a family. And they're feeling very alone right now. And they just need you to reach out and, and virtually hug them, you know, so mm. give them, a, give them some encouragement that way. Great word. Everybody wants to belong to something. And so mm-hmm. we need to make sure that our volunteers feel a sense of ownership and that they feel appreciated. So, right. Jeff. And I would say, oh, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I was just going to say, and, and also recognize a lot of people this applies to anybody almost they we're zoomed out you know and so if if you try to do something like an electronic gathering or something and you don't get a big response it's nothing about you it's just people are tired of screen time yeah it's a challenging time to connect and communicate Mm -hmm. for sure it is it is but well worth doing that with the volunteers in whatever way you can 
Yeah, definitely. Jeff Land down in Sugarland at Sugar Creek Baptist Church. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. We so appreciate your friendship. And uh, listeners, I'd encourage you to look for Jeff's webpage so you can check out their cool little Mr. Rogers parody video. It's fun and you will find it uh, both enjoyable and inspiring. And we want to invite you to check out some resources that the Lifeway Kids team is providing for you. One of them is a new ebook that we have out that is called uh, 10 Attributes of an Unshakable Kids Ministry. Coincidentally, one of those attributes is a ministry that honors its volunteers. And so look for that resource. It's a free download at lifeway.com slash 10 attributes. And you can find that ebook that you might download and print off and share with your team, your leaders, as you evaluate your ministry. We also want to invite you to check out a brand new uh, webpage where we have consolidated multiple ebooks and training videos and other resources to help you through this season of doing kids ministry from anywhere. It's at lifeway.com slash kids ministry from anywhere. It's a brand new webpage that just went live. There you'll find videos and links and resources, uh, including all of our ebooks that can help encourage you to figure out different ways that you can take your ministry to your kids, even if your ministry, your kids can't come to your church. Lifeway.com slash kids ministry from anywhere. Jeff Land, thank you. Producer Trey, thank you. Listeners, thank you. Join us again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. <laughs>